well, I'll have to check him out because I'm a big fan of Jim Morrison. And what probably a lot of people don't understand was Jim Morrison was actually very shy. Yes. He uh, originally had to wear sunglasses. <laughs> they started out with him performing with his back to the crowd because he couldn't, you know, the the size of the crowd and the people screaming would just, you know, make him, you know, get even shyer. Actually, even on some of the recordings, they would have women come in and perform oral sex on him while he was singing <laughs> to help his creative process. Yo, 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 ho! What is higgity happening, ladies and gentlemen? What are you, silly little boys and girls, doing? What are you up to today? Are you doing something creative? Are you doing something funky? Are you doing something magical? Are you making magic babies? Have you ever made a magic baby? I hope you have, even if you haven't recognized it. I would have never been able to put a label on it until our conversation today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there and say this is... By far, one of the most interesting interviews I've had on this show. Uh, That doesn't mean jump off here and go find another episode because I'm trying to beef you up. Literally, this is an incredible episode. And it it is with doctors Rob and Janelle Alex. And when we talk about magical babies, I'm talking about these amazing uh, ideas or visions that stem from a sexual encounter with a partner, with a lover, maybe even with yourself. Who knows what you silly little boys and girls are doing out there. But in this interview, we really tackle how sexuality can play a huge role on your creativity. How having an amazing sex life can be the number one force of energy behind your creativity and the power of it. I mean, it's nuts. We get into couples doing dream work with each other. We get into channeling your energy from sex into creativity, some things that you can do to make sure you are moving in the right direction here, a lot of mistakes that people do make. Uh, We get into couples and ways that they can be better with each other in recognizing each other and learning about each other sexually and then using that to their advantage to build a much stronger relationship. Um, I I get into some... Funny stuff in this, like it really is. It makes me laugh. They're so rambunctious. They're so energetic. But like, there's some awesome like things that I've never heard before that we get to talk about too. So Rob gets into this section where he's talking about how he gets these visions when he orgasms, and uh, it stems right into these these baby, pretty much magical childs, these creative babies. And not everybody gets these, but some people out there do. And and he talks about the experience and what it can be like. Um, and it'll just open up your mind to a whole plethora of ideas that you've never thought about before. So uh, I, I highly suggest you you hang on here and check this out because it's amazing. It is deep, it is healthy, and it is easily one of the most interesting podcasts I've had on again. So chickity, 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 check that out. And for all the show notes, it's artsynow.com forward slash 102. And if you want to hear another episode on sexuality and an amazing story about a woman who pretty much gave up her career, her life to become a dominatrix, it's also an amazing episode. Uh, Go back to, I think it's episode 80 with Sandra Lamorgese. Don't listen to it right now, though, because this episode is ecstatic. Uh, Hang on tight and here we go. Oh!
Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. get on with your bad selves, yeah. gentlemen, boys and girls, whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, you better focus that attention directly on this episode because the energy is about to hit a level that just might pique the interest of your sexual nature, your intimacy, and I mean in direct correlation to your creativity. My guests today are serial podcasters have authored over 125 books together, yes, that's true, and are known as the Barefoot Soul Mentor and the guru for getting it on. (laughs) They are experts in sexuality, intimacy, romance, and the ultimate creative energies and how these prime forces can escalate and mesmerize your happiness and creativity. Skidamarinkity-dinkity-skidamarinkity-doo-hoo. Doctors Rob and Janelle Alex, you are the entrepreneurs now. What is going on? Oh my gosh! What a, what an intro! I I just I'm like I, know, I, know, I feel like I'm at a concert or something. I need my lighter. As <laughs> many times as we've been interviewed, I swear, Heath, that was the best introduction we've had. I love it. That was awesome. Oh, it's just so much fun. fun. Just so we're the, having a good time. It's just random and all over the board. I actually got a text message on my screen from my girlfriend when I was doing that, and. <laughs> I I still somehow made it through without while processing that thought of whatever she sent me. I think it was like, "Are you hungry?" or something. <laughs> I was proud of myself for that. Awesome, Very good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so you all are awesome. You, you're veteran podcasters. You've been doing it for a while. You've done three uh, shows, mm, yeah. as I know of, and and really are here to talk about how sex and personal relationships and stronger relationships can actually influence benefit your creativity mm-hmm. we're probably going to get into more topics than just that because when i look at everything you've been involved with i can't <laughs> i don't even know where to start because it's all so <laughs> awesome but like it's our our oh. yeah our sexual energy is is definitely the creative life force i mean it is it is the energy and i mean it leads to new births in life right it leads to that mm-hmm. really ultimate drive for creativity and passion so i'm really really pumped that you all are here for sure Awesome. Yeah, thank you. We're thank excited. You. We yeah, feel, so, we feel, go ahead. I was just going to ask where those, when those names evolve, because I, I love the Barefoot Soul Mentor and the group oh. for getting it on. I tell you what, um, I'm the Barefoot Soul Mentor, I guess. And, yeah. um, you know, one, of course, Heath, we were talking before we started the show today, but I love the beach. So I like to be barefoot. Um, I don't blame and you. I like to get it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob, Rob's came from, um, oh, it was Chris Farley and it's from, what is it, Billy um, Madison? Is no, that, it no? was uh, Chris Farley as um, oh, a motivational speaker. speaker that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So that's where it originally came from. I was thinking the whole. Matt Foley. I know. I was thinking that, you know, no yelling on the bus. I was totally on the wrong thing. I was on an Adam Sandler movie. But um, yeah, so yeah. So Rob does that in the kitchen one night and I went, oh my God, that's it. You're the guru of getting it on. And it was just hilarious. 
So mine was much calmer. Mine wasn't funny. I just like to to merge people with their spirituality and you know get into all of that stuff and their sexuality with it. And so mine seems so much tamer. <laughs> so you really get into like like when I was reading on your site, conscious awareness, archetypes, yeah. power animals, and all of that stuff, and how it can relate. It was just really interesting to me. I mean, I'm like very much into mindfulness and things like that in the, in the energies. I actually have a friend who's in Thailand and he'll, I, th- I guess I'm a Gemini, but he's like, I'm like some kind of red tiger or something. Oh, cool. <laughs> he's, he sends me all this random stuff to me and I read it and I'm like, damn, that really actually is exactly how I am. <laughs> well, there's there's so much out there and I love reading it. Uh, one of my big things that I tell everybody is I, I'm not here looking for answers. I'm looking for questions because you get an answer and then that's where the journey stops. If you got an answer, you, that's what you got. But if you get another question, you just keep going and going and going. And that's what I love to do. Well, and I think when you ask more questions, that's when you really do open further to creativity yes. because you have more possibilities in front of you. Oh, that's all so good. I can tell this is going to be an awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you, two, you two are awesome collaborators already. So oh, great. <laughs> But anyway, like confidence and and happiness and intimacy and romance and sexuality, they all tap into the creative forces somehow. I guess are are so are dirty minds awesome for creativity? Like, can you can you essentially take? Uh, I don't want to just say dirty, but can you take like <laughs> no, your sexual? I'm because I'm thinking no one's asked it that way before. <laughs> Our dirty minds, yeah. So, can you can you channel your sexual energy into creativity? Oh my god! Oh yes, definitely. I mean, I do it all the time. I mean, (laughs) that's it's one of the things that I like to do is you know if I go to a museum or something, I look at a painting or a piece of art, a sculpture, whatever, and I try to put myself in the mind of the artist, and it always takes me to that sensual, which is not sexual, but sensual place of like the artist working with that, you know, the brush strokes or, you know, the using their hands to mold the item into this beautiful thing that I'm witnessing. And I think how sexual is that? I mean, not only, you know, the sex that they're probably having to bring that energy into what they're creating, but the creation process itself, how sexual is that? Well, and I, because I was a dancer for 35 years or something like that in my life. I don't know. I taught for 20, but um, there was, there's so much energy there and there's absolutely sexual energy within that. And whether you're teaching little kids like I did or, you know, um, dirty dancing and having, you know, made very sensual, sexual, beautiful, you know, and a whole different level dance. So there's all those different pieces, but there's absolutely this amazing creativity that comes forward because you're opening to all of that. And another big thing that I have talked about before that I love so much is think about a musician up on stage. They have such, if they're a really powerful, amazing one that everybody loves, you know, there's this amazing charisma and they're talking about sexual energy in the room. Um, You know, the the fans are going wild and, you know, we could even go back far and think Elvis and how the women wanted to touch him and they'd almost pass out or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) They would pass out, I think. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Michael Jackson still makes me pass out. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there's that that sexual energy is flowing through and it's absolutely, it feeds the creative energy of the artist. Yeah. That's, I mean, the, the vibes are definitely there. We saw, so there's a artist that some people may know of. His name is father John Misty. And 
he is like, I mean, if you were to put Jim Morrison in the modern day, I guess he's pretty close <laughs> as far as how he channels that energy to the crowd. And I'm not kidding you. I was like looking around and not only all the women, but I think all the men just felt like they had just been, you know, raped or something just straight through and through. They, in a good way, not like yeah. a negative way. Right. And he really got to everybody that was there. And that's, yeah, that's, it's crazy. And that is energy channel channeling. Well, well, I'll have to check him out because I'm a big fan of Jim Morrison. And what probably a lot of people don't understand was Jim Morrison was actually very shy. Yeah. He uh, originally had to wear sunglasses. <laughs> they started out with him performing with his back to the crowd because he couldn't, you know, the, the size of the crowd and the people screaming would just, you know, make him, you know, get even shyer. Um, actually, even on some of the recordings, they would have women come in and perform oral sex on him while he was singing <laughs> to help his creative process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of The Doors. I've, yeah, I've done I a lot it. of research and read a lot of books on on Jim. And he, he was definitely a character. I think even later in his life, he was still, I mean, if he wasn't hammered when he was on stage, he still had problems. Like he really yeah. did. He went to that alter ego to to make it through, but well, yeah, there's a, I mean, one of my favorite stories about him and how in touch he was with his spiritual side mm -hmm. was when they were driving through, uh, uh, an Indian burial ground when he was a child and he just started screaming and telling his parents they had to help them and they had to help them and they couldn't figure out what he was talking about. And yeah. later on they, he told him that he saw the, these dead Indians, mm -hmm. native Americans laying on the ground and he just wanted to help them. Which, you know, what Rob just said there, I want to take that, that direction a little bit. So, um, your creative energy, your life force, uh, your sexual energy, it is absolutely a spiritual piece. Mm -hmm. It is your spirituality. Um, and of course, when Rob and I talk spirituality, we're not saying religion. We're talking spirituality. We're talking your the core essence of your being, um, what brings you joy and happiness and laughter and, and those pieces. Um, so, you know, to talk about someone that was such a, a huge name that most people would know of, Jim Morrison, so then we talk about the creative energy as well as that spirituality that he had that shined through at some points. Um, to me, it's not surprising. No. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be, right? <laughs> He's Now, Father John Misty, he doesn't, his music isn't quite like Jim Morrison's, but there, it's, it's one in a million. I don't know one in a million. One in... A lot of rock stars have that vibe, but mm -hmm. but Jim Morrison was very spiritual. I mean, yes. he was mm -hmm. very poetic, very spiritual, very yeah. engaged with that. And and I think that like even when I meditate, uh, it can take me to that exact same level as far as mm -hmm. what you get with a sex drive or what you get yep. uh, with your partner and the strong relationships you can build through creativity. It's it's a super fascinating process. Like, do you? So let me ask you this: If there's an artist that's, let's say, a painter, right? Mm -hmm. Would they be more inclined to have like a mesmerizing, uh, just amazing creation or a creative drive to make some brilliant painting before they engage in sexual activity or would it be right after or would it be the highest mm -hmm. during? Um, I would. Th it, I mean, it depends on the individual. Obviously, that arousal stage can get you very, you know, it can get. Um, things flowing through mm -hmm. your body and can make you very creative. You know, as you're going into the lovemaking process or the sexual process, you can have that type of, you know, 
excitement that builds creativity. Obviously, during you're very creative, you know, but it's hard to focus in <laughs> the moment, places. you know, if you're yeah. doing that. Like, wait and a minute, then, honey. <laughs> now, I, I personally feel for myself that it's afterwards where I get that creative. So many of my books and my ideas and my and anything that I create have come what I call my three-day window period after that. That is when I feel my creativity is at its highest. And I call it, and I still feel like I'm orgasming after the fact. And that's the creative process because many people don't believe that energy can be created. But I think during our sexual activity, our intimacy, is there is an energy created. Um, some people might say, well, there's a child created, so that's an energy but there is always, every time you have a wonderful, loving, passionate, sexual, intimate experience with your lover, you do create what we call a magical child. Mm-hmm. And this is an energy Ooh. that mm-hmm. it can it can obviously create a child, a physical, living, breathing child. But also, if not, there's this energy that has to go somewhere. And it and you know when you can direct that energy, and this is part of what we teach, when mm-hmm. you can direct that energy into your creative process or into the universe to help you out, it just you know it blows your mind because the thing that you got to understand about this too is that this energy is intelligent. It knows mm-hmm. what you need. It knows you know how to bring things to you. You just have to trust in it. So there's symbolism that can show up from that. There mm-hmm. are synchronicities. That will, you know, we most all of us have experienced synchronicities in general. But when you practice uh, the transcendent love making and so forth that Rob and I teach about, the synchronicities that begin to show up in your life are uncanny. I mean, they're just so many, and so those things really uh, maybe it'll trigger a thought, an idea, which we correlate mm-hmm. to being a magical child. Um, so you know, it may be that idea. You may just it may just flow out. Or when I write, for example. Um, and I've heard a lot of other authors say this as well, but I so often really don't think it's me. It just is coming through me. So I don't even know what's going to end up on the page. Um, for the most part, I just sit down and start. And so it, it comes it's through. It's like the yeah. infinite intelligence that's that's pushing it yeah. through. I mean, these ideas, they can't just, they were never in your head before, right? Ever. Right, right, right. One right. time, like the subconscious never had them and never stored them. So they wouldn't be coming back from that. They're coming from another infinite intelligence. And I guess it is channeled from this little magical baby that you guys are talking about. It's a really cool way to look at it. It makes it easy to understand. Definitely. What are the things that you can do to channel that? Well, I was going to say, we actually have, I've, Rob's waiting on me to finish editing, editing it, so that's why it's not out yet. But we have a new sexy challenge, uh, which is one of the, I, I still don't like to call them ebooks. That's just the format that they come out in. They're effortless ideas. But, um, you know, the, um, Rob, what is the name of that one? It's the... Cons- um, the conception of yeah, ideas. The conception of ideas is the one that that's going to be. But that's what it's all about: is the magical child, whether it's a physical human being or whether it's the idea. Um, now, Rob, I didn't want to interrupt because I know Heath asked, and this is your most favorite topic. So, well, how, how I can mean, we do that? The first thing you have to do is you have to open yourself up. You can't expect anything. You can't go, okay, you know, I'm going to get something from this experience. You have to open yourself up to what comes to you. Um, a lot every time that Janelle and I are together at the point of orgasm, I get a vision of something, and it's you know it might not mean anything right today or 
you know, even far down the road. But a lot of times I will get that as a signpost that I'm on the right track to doing something. If I see that image um, pop into my real life, as I call it, and I say, okay, I'm on the, I'm on the path. I need to be looking around. There's something here that I need to witness. Um, and it'll show an image right like at the orgasm. Yes. Yeah, Rob does. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, He's done that for five, maybe five years yes. this summer. Do you uh-huh. think that yeah. is that possible that everybody gets that they just don't remember it? Like almost like a you know how you can wake up from no. a dream. I mean, particular I'm just people. Say that. I, I can't I can say it it's not possible, but I don't know if everybody experiences everything the same <laughs> way. That's part of our teaching is that you know you what we experience might not happen the same way for you. Yeah. Um, but it's that being open to see what happens. You might hear a voice. You might um, you have, to be, have you know, this a, is, a special feeling in a part of your body. And yeah. you're like, what, you know, why is my, you know, I'm having a sexual experience. Why is my big toe tingling right now? Well, and, you know, and so this, this is where you really get into kind of defining if you could define transcendent sex or transcendent lovemaking um, because there are such a vast amount of experiences. And if for those people that are experiencing, experience them, experience them, geez, Janelle, um, spontaneously, when they're not expecting that at all, it can be a little disconcerting because if it has something like maybe they hear the voice of God and they go, Whoa, I don't even believe in that or whatever. It can be a little frightening and, and so forth. Um, of course, Rob went into it with intent um, because we, I was in grad school and came across an article and, and he was like, Oh wait, can I do that? And so anyway, so, you know, he had the intent and wasn't sure what would happen, but for him, it was a vision. I, if I consciously open myself, I'll get a vision as well. It's just not how I usually connect to spirit. So for whatever reason, I don't usually go there, but, um, so can everybody maybe, but do they have to No. but you and have to so be open. Yes. yes. You have to be open to it. Yeah. Because there's other, because can everybody experience transcendent lovemaking if they put the conscious awareness and the intent into it that I would say yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be exactly like someone else's. Of course. Right. It's like going to bed and going, I'm going to have a dream tonight. And it's going to yeah. be you know, a dream just like you do. No. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of with meditation too, because I can yes. get in, I can go into some meditations and there are times where, it's really just thoughts in your head. But then there's other times where it's like, if you really focus on the breath and really open yourself up to allowing that higher intelligence to come in, that's when the magic happens. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I feel like there is, there does have to be some sort of acceptance there because some days I just apparently am not as accepting and mm-hmm. other days I'm really asking for it. And I've, I've followed some, you know, really successful people who have said that they literally, when they do their spiritual practices, they call to people that are no longer around Right. And ask them for particular traits and per- help with particular things. Yep, and- I've heard that. I haven't done that, but I've heard of people do that. We have very strong guides that came through to us. And, and we've had such confirmation, blatant confirmation over and over of them that, um, you know, we do our best to trust in that. But, yeah, the human ego gets in the way. It really does. But yet we can't do without it because we have to have it as well. Um, But it does get in the way because it makes us doubt ourselves and it makes us sound crazy when you tell someone that doesn't believe in that or they're like, you're nuts. That's not possible. But we know because we live it. (laughs) I'm a believer. I've experienced. I just had a uh, I got an email from a a dear friend yesterday and uh, mind you, she lives across, you know, in a different country. And um, she said, well, 
because she and I meet up, if you will, on our yeah. own times. Um, I do a journey, a shamanic journey, basically, and she'll, you know, she considers her to me- hers a meditation. And she was like, I don't know, I, we didn't really meet each other. And I said, yeah, I got the same thing. And But what she got was this image, and she was, you could tell in the email she sent me, she's like, why did I get this word in this weird arrow? It was like a neon sign. And um, now to get into, I, I don't want to take the time to explain in one of the spiritual practices that Rob and I implement um, with our sexuality, but it has to do with sigils. So if you have no idea what that is, I'm sorry. I just dropped that bomb on you. But um, <laughs> but we had a sigil already drawn up. It was stuck in the drawer. I pulled it out last night because um, we had plans um, for a beautiful lovemaking session. And I pulled it out and I said, oh, I said, look, I said, that's what our friend just wrote. Exactly. I mean, to the T, she described it and she had no idea. Uh, and of course, so it was just <laughs> one of those really cool moments where she tapped in to something of ours yeah it was really really cool that is crazy how that happens isn't it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i was and this isn't really necessarily a sexual thing but yesterday i had a girl i talked to a couple months ago that was coming on the show and she was on yesterday brie seely and we lost connection after she was supposed to schedule two months ago and i hadn't thought about it at all and literally just maybe 10 minutes I, I thought about it and was like, huh, I wonder what ever happened to her. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes later, I got an email from her and she was like, hey, I'm so sorry that. Yep. that <laughs> and yep. then she came on the show like that, that next day. And it was just kind of crazy how that, <laughs> yeah. how that kind oh, of yeah. stuff happens. right? Yeah. And people ignore that because, you know, a lot of times, I guess some of the most common one is you think of somebody and then the phone rings, which is similar, obviously, to what you just described. And it might a lot of times it might be someone close to you versus someone you barely know. But people ignore that and they go, oh, well, that was a weird coincidence. And they let it go. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people ignore it anyway. Um, but when you you recognize that and you go, oh, well, there was this door open for us. There's this gateway that we energetically connected, um, whether you want to consider it in a sense, telepathically or not, whatever. But there's this fascinating way to connect. And so when people understand that you can do that with your own higher self, with spirit, whatever you want to believe that is, then wow, the creative opportunities mm-hmm. are. And when I say creative, um, it doesn't have to be painting, dancing, singing. You know, it could be um, that you've got a creative way to solve a problem. Maybe you don't know how to make the mortgage next week and you're like, ah, we're, you know, $500 short. How am I going to come up with it? But there's creative ways often to figure those things out as well. Yeah. It's so, it's so powerful to think about that kind of stuff. I mean, really. It's, yes, but like the most one of the most fascinating topics in the world, I think. Um, obviously, we are. I believe that we are all interconnected in that kind of mm-hmm. magical. It could be chaos. It could be whatever it may, whatever you want to believe that it is. It can be, mm-hmm. but but I do think that that stuff does transfer, and it's really cool to see uh, the positive side of it. So, what can I ask you all? What are some things that couples can do together to strengthen? Um, their relationship towards their creative efforts. I, I know that I'm a huge fan of you and your partner being accountable with each other, setting goals, being aware of what you all want to accomplish and working together to find ways to get to those areas. I think a strong sexual relationship is a huge anchor yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, are there daily things that people can do or are there things that you notice that a lot of people do wrong um, that, that can cause more problems in the long run or even in the short term also? The first thing that I would want to say is, and this is probably the area that I'm most passionate about, perhaps, I don't know, (laughs) that might be a 
a run for <laughs> first and second. But anyway, um, you know, is really, and you basically said it as far as I'm concerned, you have to know who you are, you individually, because we are two individuals and then we come together and have a unique individual coupleship or whatever you want to call it, relationship. So we have to know ourselves. I've got to know who I am, what I want, what my wants, needs, and desires are, and my expectations of myself and of my partner. Because I, if I don't know those things, I can't share them with him and vice versa. Uh, and I wouldn't be able to know what he wants and needs. So that's so freaking important. I'm like over here going, you know, just, I, I so want people to get that because we, ha I know we hear it. Oh, you got to have your authentic self and a lot of those buzzwords, which I love a lot of those buzzwords, but it is true. Um, when we know that and we're willing to stand comfortably and powerfully in who we are, then we are a little bit braver to be creative and to share what our creative ideas even are with the world. Because obviously when we're really passionate about something, that can be, you know, you feel vulnerable when you share it, even with your partner or with the world. Well, and I want to add something here. Um, one of the things that I think people have an issue with is the need to be right. And one of the things that helped me in our relationship was when I decided I'm just going to give up that need to be right. Like there has to be a right and a wrong to everything that we do, um, whether it be, you know, me taking out the trash on time or, you know, what we fix for dinner to, you know, what Janelle experiences. Because a lot of times couples will say, just like Janelle was talking earlier about our spirituality, mm -hmm. Janelle will say, well, I had this happen for me and I saw a spirit guide and the other partner I was all of a sudden be like, whatever, and they don't believe it, and yeah. they've never witnessed that. Mm -hmm. So they immediately assume that it's wrong or that it can't happen. And, you know, I can't be in Janelle's body and witness what she witnesses, so I don't know that it's not true. Mm -hmm. So even if I haven't seen it, I go, oh, that's cool, and I try to absorb it because I, I'm listening to her describe it to me and her to explain her experience to me, and that's wonderful. And whether I get that same experience or not, I get to live it through her and vice versa. When I have something really cool happen, mm, yeah. to me, I can explain it to her, and instead of getting, you're crazy, you're a nut, you know, get out <laughs> well, of here. he is, but so much. <laughs> I get, you know, I am met with that same, wow, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool, and it, that makes you feel good. Because it's hard to open up when those things happen and say, hey, this happened to me. Um, well, and to, to not project your own stuff on it. Um, one Another thing that I love to talk about and teach about is couples doing dream work. So when we try to work through those crazy dreams that come through in the night, um, it's, and actually there's cool ways to do it from just daydreaming, but, um, you know... To be able to share that with somebody, again, it's a very vulnerable experience, especially if it's one that you really remembered. And so maybe it was really freaky and you're like, oh, I don't even know if I can tell him that. So <laughs> to be able to say, you know what, if it were my dream and if this was my experience, this is how I would envision it and how I would imagine it. So I'm not saying, hey, Rob, this is what I think happened for you. Or, hey, Heath, I think, okay, well, this is what it must mean for you. Because <laughs> I don't, obviously, I don't even know you that well. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not okay to project those things. And I think that's a big thing, whether it's, you know, something kind of um, deep, like a dream, you know, or a meditation or uh, an experience, or if it's something that seems more practical as to, how you spent money today. So it needs to be um, 
really, it, which is the hardest thing that the ego wants to, one of the hardest things the ego probably wants to stop us from doing is taking that step back and saying, you know what, I don't have to be right or wrong. I just want to see it from your perspective. I don't have to change my mind. I just want to at least see it from your perspective. And one, one of the easy ways to try to put this into people's mind is, you know, if I look at Janelle's shirt and I say, Janelle, you're wearing a green shirt. It's white. And she's going yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. This isn't green. Yeah. And I might be colorblind. But what's and, colorblind? And so she sees it differently <laughs> yeah. than I see it. But neither one of us is wrong. That's right. the color that I see it. And this is the color that she sees it. Hello, this is Todd. I just wanted to let you know about this little special on Amazon. With Amazon Audible, you can get a sensual, sexy audiobook for free in a free 30-day trial. Comes along with it. If you go to artsynow.com forward slash book, you can check right into your sexual side. You could get yourself a little romance novel, maybe even a little self-help on the sexual side of life. Don't miss out. Artsynow.com forward slash book. The only thing that holds me and my partner together. Ta-ta. I I think that if everybody learned that lesson and and could relate it to every part of their relationship, there would be so many more happy people in the world. Oh, yeah. You are definitely And I think it's one of the hardest things to do because I struggle with it myself. Lindsay and I have a very strong relationship, but we... We do have you know, arguments, and it, it always yeah, seems yeah. seems like a lot of it is one person just doesn't understand what the other one's saying, doesn't believe mm-hmm. it, or something like that. Yeah. But if you can, I mean, now that you point that out, if if you put that into practice, like accept it no matter what, and just try to envision from the other person's perspective and be happy about it, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can, yeah, like, that's really what we found. We found relationships. Yeah, it yes. changed ours. Yeah, it did. It changed ours big so time. Now. Yeah, it just it was a huge shift. And mind you, we shifted that and changed that just about the time that we were going through that economic crisis, like so many in our country did. And we lost everything, our home, our rental properties, you know, the car, everything. We lived in a garage for two years. We have that nasty story. So we became closer as a couple during that time, though. And, you know, we didn't point the finger and go, well, we lost that business because you did this and blah, 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 blah. You know, hell, I handled all the money in that. I mean, I say I handled it all, but I I did all the books and all that. You know, I paid all the bills. I did the budget. So he could have pointed fingers at me and I could have done the reverse. And anyway, so, you know, we didn't do those things. And um, I think that's... It's just huge. And you said it. You got it. You know what we're saying. It's huge. Yeah, it seems like it it can be... (laughs) a gigantic bandaid for any mm-hmm. relationship. And mm-hmm. what, so one thing I, I notice is there's in, I'm in Kentucky. So particularly <laughs> I see this around me a lot and I always wonder, I think that there's a direct correlation, but I want to ask you all, since you're more expert, uh, like the way the average person eats and the trend around here to not exercise and mm-hmm. to be way overweight, it really seems to affect people's energy, mm-hmm. uh, their mood, how happy they are, the, the way they interact in their relationship, and really has to be affecting their sex drive, although I don't ask them that you know, in person. <laughs> so strange. Really? You don't just go up to some dude, some big guy eating a Big Mac, a couple Big Macs? Dude, do you as have a good as, sex life? <laughs> as much as they want to tell me about how awesome it is, I have a hard time believing. And so like, what what are some things that people can do on on really a daily basis to get their mojo up and flowing again? And it doesn't necessarily have to be for people that are – 
you know, overweight or unhealthy, because I, I do think that it's pretty common knowledge that you could, you could eat better and exercise right. more to get that energy going. Are there, are there other things that you all can think of maybe like, I don't know if you want to call them rituals or habits or yeah. anything in general that can, that can make that better. Well, I do want to oh, say that. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. But I, <laughs> I do want to point that out because people do know mostly. Um, hey, if I eat this, this, and this, I'm going to gain weight, and I'm going to have heart problems or whatever. However, a lot of people have no clue that what you eat does affect your sex drive. Um, so if you eat a heavy meal that is harder for your body to digest, you're not going to be as apt to be interested sexually. You're going to be tired, you know, and, and want to go take a nap, um, those types of things. So it does have, there are natural aphrodisiacs in that way, um, depending on what you eat or if you have a drink of wine or a bottle, whatever, <laughs> um, you know, then it, that can lower inhibitions so you can be freer. And then, of course, then that depends on whether that's healthy or not for you. So you have to figure all those things out. So as far as food and, and drink goes, that is very, very true. We actually, it's been a long time ago now, but we did a podcast on that, how fast food um, decreases your sex drive. <laughs> it's been a few years ago, I think, that we did that. But I know that was very popular. That was a, That's still, I think, one of the big ones. It's not a lot of hits on that. Well, and, and another thing I want to point out here with this topic is, you know, people need to change their their thought process of what sex or what intimacy yeah. is. It's not just getting to that point of orgasm. You don't even have to have an orgasm to have a wonderful sexual experience mm -hmm. with your partner. Yeah. I mean, it can just be very playful mm -hmm. and arousing without having to get to that point, you know, and to make, to, for people to savor the moments going into that. I mean, you know, so often you know, our culture has taught us, you know, to be quick about it. You know, you think about, you know, people in the backseat of their cars or hurry Hiding. up before the kids find out or yeah. um, <laughs> things like that, you know, and that's not what it's supposed to be about. That's it's not just to do this as quickly as possible. You are supposed to enjoy this. This is a wonderful, amazing experience you're having with your lover. Don't rush through it. It's the not hit and runs. Yeah, I mean, well, no, no, wait, 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 because you can quickies, have a quickie. Quickies you can, can be, have quickies. I actually just wrote an article for that, um, a short article for that that's going to come out, uh, I don't know, next month at Digital Romance Inc. But, um, you know, because quickies are fine unless that's all you're having anymore. And then you're <laughs> like, wait, now we're missing out. You know, oh, yeah. it's like eh, now it's all performance based and, you know, you've got to achieve the goal. And when you don't and our bodies change. So whether it's what we eat or whether we're just aging or whether we're a mom and we're super freaking tired or whatever it might be. Um, but I think and one thing I wanted to point out here, too, is playful. You need to be playful. It's actually one of the most favorite ways I like to um phrases I like to use for your sex life is intimate play. So, you know, use that and be playful because there's, we've heard too many times from couples, what? We can't laugh in the bedroom. That's, it's, you know, and it's like, yes, you can, you should. When you, you do something different, you step you out. You laugh your, all the time. <laughs> you step out of your comfort zone. Um, you can't get the daggone lid off of the coconut oil or whatever, you know, you know, laugh, giggle. If you try something new and it doesn't work, it's okay, but be willing to laugh at yourself and with your partner, obviously not at your partner. So laughter, and that's another thing we talk about is how actually laughter and orgasm have a huge correlation. You know, think of that. You are rolling on the floor laughing. It's uncontrollable. Yeah. And orgasm, really, your climax is that same piece. It's so uncontrollable. When you reach that point, it's that blissful 
place. And then when it's over, you're like, oh, you have, you know, you have to kind of come back. And it's the same thing from that uncontrollable hilarity of laughing. Now you've got to breathe and come back. So actually Rob's dissertation was on that. Yes. So um, we have lots to talk well, about and on then that. The, the, the thought process of foreplay. And I want people to get out of the mindset of, you know, you close the bedroom door and foreplay begins. Foreplay begins when you wake up in the morning the way you kiss your partner goodbye, the text message you send them, you know, partway through the day, you know, things like that. Selfies? That, yeah. I mean, you know, as you as you ramp up to this, you know, it's not just, okay, we're in the bedroom. Now the sexual activity begins. Well, and as you say that, as, and I know, Heath, we, I'm, I'm assuming that what Lindsay meant earlier was, are you hungry for dinner? But that could have meant something else. Oh, you you're know? right. Yes, yeah. so we don't know that. I don't know that. From, you know, I don't know Lindsay, but what if? <laughs> so Lindsay, I, I'm sure you're going to hear this. So yeah, I'm there sure you go. You're Make sure to clarify your text message. I should have brought her on. We could have had. We, we, I should have brought her on, and we could have had four on this. On this interview. It would have been yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, fun. Yes. Lots of fun. She'd probably call me out and embarrass me in a lot. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Rob, and I try to do that occasionally. It's okay. <laughs> well, besides, I, and there's really. You don't have to have a filter here or anything on the show, but besides foreplay, like what are some other things that couples can do to, to really escalate their sexual life? Um, one of the things that um, I always suggest is to really, truly pay attention, slow it down to the point that you are completely focused on the feeling, the sensation of when you are touching your lover. Um, you know, what does it feel like when you run your fingers across his or her skin? Uh, you know, Maybe because Rob has a slightly hairy chest, so you know, as I'm imagining it, of course, he's standing next to me. He does have his shirt on, though, guys. But, um, you know, but it's like, I think he's like giggling because I'm touching him. He's like, woo! But, you know, it's, I, I think of that, and it's like, you know, I think of that, that hair, it kind of tickles your fingers, or it's, you know, whatever. And um, it's, it's an interesting sensation, and I like that. And so there's all those different things that you have to really take in. But it's not just that you have to touch your partner with your hands, right? It can be your feet. It could be using your breath. It could be a variety of things. It's being present. It's being mindful and truly feeling it. Not just your partner, though. I would like to see you take that a step further and actually feel the sheets or wherever you are. Grass. I don't know wherever you are. But... Um, but actually feel that against your skin. Is the air blowing in from the window? I mean, take all of that in and fully experience that time and those moments. Um, and just because you're noticing things other than your partner doesn't mean you're not paying attention to him or her, but you're taking in that whole experience. And when you do that, that's one step to help move you towards having an a beautiful, transcendent lovemaking experience. Well, and then something I want to add here is, uh, and this is for both men and women, is to take some pleasure, take some excitement in giving your partner pleasure. We're a lot of times, especially guys, and I know this is a stereotype, we're so focused on our pleasure that, you know, we kind of miss that, you know, if we can give our lady or our lover a wonderful orgasm, you know, we should be like, yeah, that's great. I, you know, I did that, you know? Um, so take pleasure in giving pleasure too. You know, obviously we love to receive it. That's awesome too. But take the pleasure in knowing that you're, you know, giving that same experience to your lover. And that's exciting to me. The one other thing that I really want to add there too is to 
not get stuck in the rut. You know, don't do the same thing and over and over and over and over. Um, you know, try things different, but you have to have often perhaps some kind of communication around that, obviously. Um, it, and what I was, was going to say is it doesn't have to be verbal communication. There are different ways to communicate with your partner. Um, you know, I've heard stories of people using like bookends or little figurines. I forget exactly what the story was now. But if they, if one partner faced the figurines in a certain way or, or turned them around or something, um, then the other partner knew, oh, you know, she's hungry. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's That's those funny. types of things. Um, it, it could be that interesting little secretive code that you text your partner because maybe he's at work and you wouldn't want to say something else in case someone else seen it. So saw it rather. So um, there's so many different ways to do that and to communicate about it. But then to step at least a little teeny tiny bit out of your comfort zone because you will then, of course, be able to expand your comfort zone. If you don't like something, you can go back, obviously, but <laughs> then you know. And then when it fails, then you can laugh about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so wh where does fetish play into all of that? See, now that's going to be an absolutely an individualized thing, an individual for each person and individualized, therefore, for the couple. So if one has a fetish and the partner is like, whoa, um, <laughs> here's the thing. The partner that's like, whoa, I would... I really encourage you not to just go, I ain't doing that. What are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Don't do that. First, ask yourself, why am I triggered by it? Why am I concerned about trying that or attempting that? What is it that bothers me about it? And then I say have a conversation around it. If you can't talk about it, maybe you can journal about it. I mean, again, there's so many ways to communicate without having to do talk because sometimes that's hard for people and it's um well and i, th I think some of the lines get blurred there with the word fetish itself and that yeah. you know it's not when i think of fetish i think of it's something that that person has to have to get that sexual experience and a lot of people want to try something new but that's not a fetish if i if i want to if you know if somebody wants to try a new sex toy or something, that's not a, a fetish. Yeah. So I want people to understand that the a fetish is something that you, for some reason, you don't have a whole lot of control right. over it. It's something that you desire so deeply that you almost need it every time to um, experience a wonderful sexual experience. So I don't want people to get confused with fetish and just something we want to try or something well, expe new experience. That goes into, well, that's not normal. And those mm -hmm. normal beliefs that are pressed upon us um, mm -hmm. and not to pick on the Midwest, but they, there's a lot of that there. <laughs> we know, right? We were raised there. So oh, um, yeah, they're like, oh, you can't do that. You can only do the missionary position. You can't do anything else. Period. No questions Jeez. asked. Count me out. You can't even do it <laughs> yeah, unless you're trying too. to have babies. Just don't do it. And that's just, it's just not, it, that's not what it's supposed to be. Religion's done that number on it versus the sacredness of sexuality that, you know, uh, you can find when you do the ancient research. So um, being willing to talk about it, try something different, um, and not, again, I, I know I already said it, but not look at him and go, <gasps> You're a freak. Nobody does that, honey. We can't do that because that's that's not okay. So, um, you know, if it's okay with the two of you, and it works for the two of you, then by golly, it's okay. <laughs> have you have you all ever done any research as to where the fetish comes from? I have not. I, have, I haven't either. Um, but you know, 
there's so many places it can come from. I mean, you know, depending on your beliefs, you know, we believe that there's all these different lives going on at the same time. So I don't believe in the reincarnation as everybody else does. You live one life and then you go to the next one to where you carry something with you. So, you know, there's unlimited possibilities of where a fetish can come from. So if you look at it from the spiritual perspective versus the psychological perspective, the scientific perspective, you're going to get different answers, obviously. Um, and so for me, I sit on the fence there because I so often say I walk with a foot in both worlds, one in the scientific world, because I love that, <laughs> um, and then one in the spiritual realms, <laughs> So because I love that. So to be able to merge those, it would be an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. I wish, I mean, I think that there's about 300,000 topics that we could keep you on and talk to you about. So we might have to have you come on again because it's been so interesting. Uh, But yeah, I'm really pumped that you were on. Fortunately, we're rolling a little bit short on time here, but yeah, I, I've learned so much. I'm sure everybody (laughs) listening has, I I hope, I hope that everybody feels better about themselves because they know that they can go and make a change and make an improvement and maybe make their relationship a little better or take a step in the right direction. And you all have so much information out there that they can get their hands on. So where can they find it? And what are Uh, some of the main topics you all teach and talk about? missiondatenight.com is we just rebranded actually about a few months ago with that Uh Um, so if you go to missiondatenight.com it's going to be the easiest way to find us to find the podcast which of course it's on iTunes under Mission Date Night Um, so that truly is the easiest way mind you if you're interested in the sexy challenges which are sacred and central scenarios for lovers so they're definitely focused on the sexual aspects and many of them can kind of help move you towards that transcendent sexual experience possibility anyway. Um, Sexy Challenges are those individual ebook format. Um, so they're on iTunes under iBooks and they're on Amazon and you know Barnes and Noble for the Nook as well. Yes. So we're all um, over the place. <laughs> yeah. So that's all easy out there and <laughs> easy to find. And in your two main podcasts were called um, well, we have the authors talk about it, which is completely, it seems so different. <laughs> it's like a whole different no, That's track. good. It's good to be um, a multi-potentialite. And then at Mission Date Night, of course. Um, so our guests that we bring on, we like to call them our special forces agent. You know, it just goes along with the brand and, and it's kind of the James Bond meets Austin Powers and lots of fun with all of that. So, you know, we love to teach about... Um, rediscovering the adventure in the relationship, which mm-hmm. really is what those mission date night adventures help do. Um, we're getting ready to actually expand those a bit more yes. um, so that they actually start to incorporate and have those available for people that are newer in a dating relationship versus, you know, been together a long time or married or whatever. So it'll, it'll branch and cover all of <laughs> the, the whole from the beginning, you know, all the way through, I guess. Um, and then the transcendent lovemaking is a huge piece that we love to teach about. And then I know what we kind of started off your creativity right. and of course therefore it would help you your a great relationship can help you have a, a more successful business life um, whether it's you're an entrepreneur or whether you work for someone else so there's actually uh, probably a slew of topics yeah. those are just the three that we've kind of been targeting <laughs> lately <laughs> that is awesome and, and i have to ask you dr rob and dr janelle if you had to battle godzilla how do you all think you would use your creativity or your sexual talents to defeat that big crazy bastard 
well, I tell you, I, I know I, I dropped that little tiny bomb all ago, but we would create a sigil. We would do a ceremony before we made love, and we absolutely would um, have an amazing um, transcendent lovemaking experience before my husband would go, and I would just record it. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> go, honey, you go well, find it. We would create a, we would, in my opinion, for myself, we would create this wonderful love monster to Ooh, uh, good, like come in and give Godzilla a little bit of, mm, uh, so he's not so angry and he's not tearing things up. Oh, you know what he's I just thought He's learning how to, you know, he's pulling that cigarette down off the billboard and smoking it afterwards. I'm sorry, all I can think of is, I'm going to age myself here, but it was Bugs Bunny turning her, himself into the sexy t- Tasmanian devil and going, oh, John, to stop the Tasmanian devil. So, <laughs> see, there's ways to use this. The imagery is amazing. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'll be subscribing and listening to to more of your all shows. You guys are awesome, and I'll have to I'll have to get it on and find where else you've been on and and had talked about amazing topics because this is all super super interesting. I think it appeals to everybody as well. So. Wonderful. Thank he, you. This this show's been wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it's allowed us to even come out of our shells even more because yeah. a lot of times we're we're structured and this has been so wonderful to just you know hey we're just throwing things at the mm-hmm. wall here seeing yeah. what happens <laughs> i would love to hear you all talk more about the sigil and 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 all of that because that's a topic that i think most people would be like whoa 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 that's, that's pretty far <laughs> out there but it's super interesting um and yeah it would be it would be incredible and i had a, a previous guest on sandra lamorgesi and she was just a holistic practitioner who quit her job to become a dominatrix Interesting. <laughs> and i think she had mentioned uh, sigil to me at some point as well and that was the first time i'd heard of it and i remember going to wikipedia and looking it up yeah and, which uh, yeah because that's something we've uh, we practice a lot it's a part of our practice um so it gets into sex magic but it's the positive aspects of sex magic not some of the negatives that can be out there um yeah, I, I'll stop because I'm kind of an, I, I want to, I hate to use the yeah, word we expert, just I'm go kind of an expert on, on that. On yeah, on. yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, cool. Well, if anybody out there wants more information on that, uh, hit up Drs. Rob and Janelle, I'm sure. Do you all have an email address? Um, yes, mission, date night, and then 33, so the number 33 at gmail.com. It's just the easiest way to find us. Awesome. And those will all be, we'll post all these links that we've mentioned in the show notes. So you can get those at artsynow.com forward slash 102. And man, I'm so pumped. I'm, I'm so excited to have this conversation. You Seriously, you got to come back on again. We would love to. Everybody love out to. there, fist pump, bring the energy, <laughs> break the rules, but first break the rulers. Do whatever yes. you think. Nothing's crazy, right? Don't right. Don't judge. Drop all judgments and then your partner is always right and you're always right. Just embrace it with each other. Okay? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That can change everything. So again, is there anything else that you all would like to add before we say ta-ta? Um, ta-ta. How fitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just laugh, laugh and have fun because you know what? Even when we fall down flat on our asses, it's okay to get back up and then laugh it off and go ta-da. <laughs> um, and it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just bring us back, and we'd love to have uh, Lindsay on the show, oh, too, yeah, that so be that'd be great. I know. I've been trying to get her to actually come on as a co-host for my show all the time. Uh, she has not been on an episode yet, and she's so much fun. So she's very much into mindfulness, and she actually teaches cool. yoga, oh, and awesome. she's just an awesome person with really, really positive energy. So yeah, uh-huh. we should we should definitely set it up. Yeah, she'd bring a lot of uh, amazing things to the show, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. 
I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I love the Godzilla answers. I'm gonna <laughs> so, so yeah, everybody out there, do something crazy, do something funky. Literally, you, you get this. You get this time to do everything that drives you, everything you're passionate about. So make sure you're taking one step forward every day. Don't don't conform. Don't don't do what somebody else wants you to do. Don't live in somebody else's world. You can definitely create your own. And Doctors Rob and Janelle, thank you so much for being the entrepreneurs now. <laughs> and always remember to keep it funky. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, so cool. That was, oh, that was so lots fun. Lots and lots yes, of fun. I love yeah, it. love it. Yeah, you all are awesome. So. Ooh, and that is it. That is a wrap. That is all I've got for today. I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. It's such an amazing conversation. Uh, please do me a favor and, and do Doctors Rob and Janelle a favor and share this with your family, with your friends. I think it can be beneficial to everybody. I think it's an it's a topic that really is ignored way too much because people are scared to move forward in that direction. And I think that it is just the most interesting thing ever. Anyways, I mean, it's what drives... Humanity. It's what drives our culture, our society, sexual nature. So make sure you share that. Tag me on Twitter if you want at HB underscore Armstrong uh, when you go for that little share. If y'all out there are fans of creativity, and I guess you are because you are listening to this show, hit up artsynow.com forward slash time. You can get my free 27-page audiobook on how to make more time for your creativities. It is awesome. It is all my personal steps. It is quick and it is free. So check that out. And again, make sure you hit up artsynow.com forward slash book and get your free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of Amazon Audible, the place that I go to get my tootsies up. Ta-ta. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.